Production. Recorded live. Okay, so whenever we go live, um, it'll be about a minute and a half of silence. You won't be able to hear the intro playing and stuff. And then I'll okay. come on and, and thank the supporters and all that good stuff. And okay. then bring you right in, go and just go into conversation. And we'll start off with your story. And I may have, you know, have questions and stuff about your story and different things like okay. that. But feed into good. it and we'll just follow the discussion wherever it goes. So we're going live now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, True Seeker. This is the True Seeker Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm excited to be here, excited to uh, share this sacred space with you all, everybody holding us down live in the chat rooms, um, everybody holding us down on Patreon. Got to give a quick shout out to everybody supporting my work, uh, making this show possible. Couldn't do it without you, so I have to give you a shout out. Um, everybody holding me down on Patreon, uh, our newest patron this month, or I say this month, uh, like two days ago, Ralston Gracie. Thank you for supporting my work and everybody else who does it via Patreon. The show is free to consume. It's not free to produce and um, couldn't do it without you. So if you want to support the show, if you like the work that I'm doing and you want to see more, please head on over to patreon.com backslash true seeker. There, there's different levels of give, giving anywhere from a dollar to five, ten dollars, whatever. Uh, you feel led to do, let the Lord use you if you uh, get um, fed through through this portal here. Um, couldn't do it without you guys. All my music, my entire discography, which is 10 plus albums, is available there. Um, all the new music that I'm working on, every time I get done with a brand new song, 
It's uploaded to Patreon. So I got a new album coming out entitled Seer. You can pre-order that now. The pre-order is available. Album drops April the 20th. Um, but if you're on Patreon, you already got that album. It's already up there. Um, head on over there to support the work. You get extra episodes of the podcast. You get interviews, all kind of exclusive stuff. We're trying to make it fun and interactive and kind of give you guys something more uh, for supporting you also get access to something we call the School of the Mystics, and it's something we're doing every Thursday night. So we're doing this tonight as well, if you're listening live. Every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central, we're doing the School of the Mystics, and essentially it's a uh, community based around the podcast. So a lot of people listen to the show. They listen to it throughout the week, and um, it's you know they get fed from it, but then they you know, want to kind of take it to the next level. There's a community of people who feel the same way that you feel. They have this, they share similar beliefs and experiences. And so this is like a safe environment for us to come and hang out, meet one another. And uh, it's really cool. There's, you're not alone. Know that. Uh, this is the community that we're building there. And we started a course. This course uh, was was uh, founded by Chris Volatin, I believe his last name is, and it is essentially called um, Basic Training for the Prophetic Ministry. This will be week number three that we're doing that tonight, where we're learning how to hear the voice of God speaking in our own lives, and uh, God speaking to us and through us, and being able to hear God prophetically, and going over scriptural basis for that. A lot of people are led by their intuition, real empathic. You get around people in Walmart or wherever you are and you feel energies on them, you can discern spirits, you can hear their thoughts and things like that. And so essentially this is giving you a biblical outline on how to approach this and then an application on how to kind of make it manifest in your life. And it's a safe place that we're doing it. Um, If you haven't been able to catch the previous lessons, they're all archived on the website and on the Patreon as well. So head on over there to do that, and we would love to have you guys. The School of the Mystics, Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Central. Thank you guys for supporting my work. Without further ado, we got a special guest today. We've been trying to make this work for uh, a little while now, and uh, some stuff come up last week, but we're able to get her on today. So I'm excited to hear her story. She's doing a lot of stuff for the kingdom of of Jesus, and uh, she goes live and, and gives words of knowledge and shares her story and prophesies and all of this good stuff on, on Facebook, and uh, I'm excited to have her on today. Tara Leanne, welcome to the True Seeker Podcast. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much for having me. I am actually happy and full of joy today, so I look forward to sharing with you. May your joy be full. <laughs> <laughs> that's the promise right yeah, there. Yeah, because of Jesus, that's for sure. Yep, so... We'll talk about that. Like I said, before we went live, I have a lot of different people on and um, I'm I'm not afraid of anybody's story. A lot of people say, how can you have a Brian Trejo? How can you have a seven illuminate? You know, some of these people, how can you have these Christian ministers on? And then you'll have these different people who are into the occult or into Buddhism or whatever the case is. You know, I'm not afraid of anyone, anyone's story. I'm not afraid of your story either. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a, it's a safe place to, uh, to come and, 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 speak your truth and what's real, what's real for you. And like you were saying, it's not about really about how much knowledge, you know, or what you've studied or whatever, but your life experiences. And so I think there's power in that. The scripture says that they overcame by the word of the lamb, uh, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. 
So I, I really believe in that. It's powerful. So I want to hear your story. If you want to start off, uh, you know, testifying about where you were when you met Jesus, that'd be an awesome place to start. Okay. Well, um, where I was when I met Jesus, um, I was actually in a very vulnerable, dark state. Um, I was very uh, headstrong, hard-hearted. Um, I grew up as a runaway most of my life from the time I was 13 to 18. So um, I had a very hard heart. Uh, the streets taught me a lot. Um, having to take care of myself taught me a lot. And so when I met Jesus, uh, he actually came through somebody else and showed me a love, you know, that I had never experienced, just somebody coming on my doorstep, man, and giving me the simplicity of the gospel. And I had been actually, you know, crying out to God saying, you know, I know the way I'm living is wrong. I had started having vision and dreams of uh, Jesus coming back and me, me, me being in my sin. I was, um, I smoked weed just about every day. Alcohol was my drug of choice. Um, you know, I was just very depressed, clinically depressed on every kind of antidepressants that the doctors could give me. And they told me there was no hope. So I was really without hope. And uh, my little girl's dad at the time was in and out of prison, uh, smoking crack. It was just, it, it, we was at the bottom. And, but what was drawing me to call on the real God of Jesus Christ was the fact that the vision and dreams I started having. And I knew that I knew I, if he came back and I was in my sin, I would not go with him. And I heard about him. I said a sinner's prayer when I was six, but I did not know him. And so as I began to call out and ask him to deliver me, uh, there was two guys that came on my doorstep. Um, it was October the 9th of 2004 and they came on my doorstep and uh man they just shared the gospel with me and what happened that day was that day I had just got out of the hospital with my uh 14 month old daughter she had two double ear infections bronchiolitis uh she was running a fever and so we got out about 4 a.m that morning well they come knocking on my doorstep about probably around 10-ish, 11-ish, and I thought, there's no way I'm going to answer the door. And uh, and I did, though, because I didn't want her waking up. And when I answered the door and they started giving me Jesus, at first I thought they might have been like Jehovah Witness or somebody like that. So I was like, no, you know, I'm good, I'm good. And uh, because I knew so many people, Derek, that talked about God and they talked about this Jesus, but they didn't have power in their life. Mm -hmm. They had no substance of peace and joy. They had no power of overcoming addiction and affliction and not saying we don't get that, but I didn't see evidence of God being in their life. You know, and the word of God says that the power of God is not just of talk, but of power. I mean, there's fruit there. And so I thought, why even talk about religion or talk about him? But at the same time, when I was calling out to him, I didn't realize he would show up like through a person, you know, on my doorstep to just give me the gospel and give me love. So they said, no, 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 we're not Jehovah Witnesses. They said, uh, just give us just a minute, man. We, we just want to come by and tell you we love you and Jesus loves you and ask you. And this is what opened up the door for me. 
is ask you if you need prayer for anything. And I said, well, yeah, actually I do. I have a 14 month old that's really, really sick. And, um, and they said, wow, okay, well, if you don't mind, we can pray for her. And I said, sure. I said, you just can't come in the house. And so, um, they stood on my doorstep and they prayed for my daughter. And I went back to the room while they're on my doorstep. I go back to see if what they prayed was real. And when I got back there, she was healed. She had no fever. She felt completely normal. So my heart opened up at that point to receive what it is, what else they had to tell me. And so they just gave me the simple gospel, what Jesus done for me on the cross and the power of God that raised him from the dead. And that same power could, you know, raise me out of my sin and forgive me. And um, the Holy Spirit at that point convicted me in such a way with love. And it was, it was a, not, a con, not a condemnation, but a conviction that, wow, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, I've sinned against you, you know. And the presence of God came on me on my front doorstep. And I began to weep and just confess my sins to the Lord. And, um, and so they prayed over me and they said, listen, you know, if you want to come to church, you're more than welcome to come to Jesus as the answer church. They said, you know, we don't, because at the point I was living like, like I said, you know, it was just real bad. And so they knew when they came on my doorstep, just by looking on the outside, the ashtray, the beer bottles and stuff like that, they was like, you know, we, we're not going to support you, take care of you, nothing like that, but you, your life will get changed. And I thought, okay, if my life's going to get changed and if this same power of Jesus can touch me there, then I definitely need to go. And um, long story short, Fast forward, that night I ended up getting put in uh, jail. Uh, and you think, why would you get put in jail right yeah. after praying? <laughs> I thought you were going to go to church you know, and repentance. smooth sailing ever since. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is, you know, when that happened, your mind don't get renewed. Your spirit gets nude like renewed, you know, you get a new spirit, you're born of God. But my mind was so far gone, like still of the world. Yeah. And so that night, my little girl's uh, dad, he, uh, his name's Derek, actually, too, his name's Derek. And he came over and he was on the run. And he was like, you know, and I didn't tell him no, like you could, you can't stay here. I mean, there's no way I was going to tell him no. And we was on and off together at the time. And, and I knew that the lifestyle we was headed down, I didn't need to continue on that with him. But I said, you know, you can stay here. So it was only his hiding place. And so, well, the police found out, actually, they had been watching my house. And he came in. And when he came in a couple hours later, they invaded. And they asked me if he was there. And I said, no, he wasn't there. And I lied to him. Because I knew the repercussions, you know, what was going to take place, not only mm. for him, but between me and him. We had a very abusive relationship. It was, yeah. just, you know, I mean, when you're on drugs all the time, you're not even in your right thinking. Yeah. And so um, he ended up getting locked up. So I got locked up too, charged with a felony for aiding and abetting. Wow. And I get locked up. They threatened to take my daughter, put her in state's custody, and I... I just was like, no way. I said, no way. And he knew the the uh, the police that was there. I mean, he was in and out of trouble a lot, so he knew him. And he said, listen, please, man, whatever you do, don't don't take my daughter. 
And so a friend of mine came, Amanda, she came and stayed with her. And anyways, I got bailed out, got back home, and I was still drawn to what happened that day, October the 9th. And I went to sleep, got about two hours of sleep. And it was like, I just suddenly woke up on a Sunday morning, the 10th. And that never happened. You know, you're a sinner. You don't wake up on Sunday morning. Like that was not my thing. I never woke up on a Sunday morning to go nowhere. And uh, I woke up and it was just like, boom. And I got up and I was like, I got to get to that church. I got my little girl ready. And I went to that church, Derek, and I walked in the front door of that church. And the presence of God was so strong on me when I walked in and the love that I felt welcomed in there. Because I thought, what are these people going to think of me? You know, I, ha- I was having all these thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, if those people are like the people I met on my front porch, then I know, like, they got the real Jesus. Because there's a lot of counterfeit Jesus out here, you know. And um, so I went through the presence of God just came on me and I started weeping. And I haven't cried in a long time. And I started just crying. And I thought to myself, why in the world am I crying? You know, I was trying to wipe the tears. I was like, calm down, Terry, calm down. And I had her in my arms and I went up and sat down because at the time they were having services upstairs in this bank before we ever got a church building and the spirit of God though was moving so strong and I sat down and that day October the 10th um I've never been the same um and my pastor which is still now my pastor my spiritual father too in the faith uh pastor Robert Scales he just starts he just starts reading everything about my life and I was sitting there like wow okay So he just started reading everything about my life. And one thing that I was so plagued with is is the depression and the fear. Even though I had the drug issue and the alcohol issue, the rebellion, you know, you you lift all that up off your life. Then you got to face those internal roots there, you know, that cause all of it. And so he just started naming stuff off since I was a little girl that was happening. And, uh, he said, ma'am, do you, you know, would you like prayer? And I said, yes, absolutely. And so he prayed for me. Little did I know what was going to happen when he prayed for me. He prayed for me. And I had an experience that I'd never had before. And it was that I got delivered from certain demons that day. And when I got delivered and those devils came out of me, it was like he prayed for me and the presence of God came on me, boom. And then I'd go out under the power of God, nobody touching me. And then he was like, no, get her back up. And this happened three times, boom, go out under the power of God, no, get her back up. And he would start casting devils out of me and telling them they got to go, you know, because I didn't, I wasn't in their kingdom any longer. They couldn't rule me. And so that happened. And that day I felt so much more freer. You know, I wasn't completely delivered from things that, because, you know, when you keep that, you keep certain things in your heart, you know, it keeps that door open to those demonic spirits Mm -hmm. to stay there. So I wasn't completely free. And of course, like I said, my mind wasn't renewed. But that day I went home and I had so much more peace and joy that I had never had before. And I remember I felt so clean 
Derek, on the inside that nothing had ever done for me before. And I thought, you know, wow, if, if I can feel this clean, I want to keep it. So I started seeking the Lord, Lord, how do I keep this? Like what? And he began to put a hunger in me for the word of God that I never had before, love in me to actually love people. Like I didn't really love people, you know, I might've had a certain few, but you know, I, like I said, I had a hard heart. I just, he totally changed me from the inside that day. And I began to seek him and I started cutting things off in my life that he, he told me. He said, don't go back to living in fornication. Don't go back to, to the people that I hung around. And that was probably one of the, the biggest soul ties that I had to break was my, my little girl's dad, my baby's dad. It was probably one of the biggest soul ties. And, but that was when it all started. And so um, as I began to seek him first, you know, every day I had a place in my living room. I lived in the projects. I ended up moving to the projects when he got sent to prison because at the time I just couldn't afford it on my own and every door closed except that door. And that was supernatural even how that happened because I wasn't supposed to get in for six months. And I humbled myself and I said, you know, God, if you want me to, um, to, to move into the projects, then you're going to have to show me because people were like, Terry, you're just going to have to humble yourself. And I thought, dear God, I'm not moving into projects with my little girl. You know, at the time I just thought mm -hmm. I've had enough of this lifestyle and every door shut and they called me and they said, listen, you know, if you, um, if you still want to move in, we have a place for you. They said, we don't know how this happened. This never happens. They said, but every person we called has either their phone disconnected or they didn't answer or they did not want that place. So I knew then it was the Lord. And I, I humbled myself, moved in with hardly anything because the place we had before was fully furnished. I was in school uh, for cosmetology, so he was making the money. You know, he was selling dope and then painting houses. So he was making the money at the time. And so I started out with like hardly nothing. And um, I got a job waiting tables. And I'm telling you, it was like since that day of October, the t actually October the 9th is when it really started. Um, it's just been, it's been progressively developing in Jesus, learning my identity in him and, and learning how much just tapping into the love he has, you know, for me and for other people. That's awesome. Amazing story. And there's so many, there's so many um, similarities there to, to, to my story as well. It's really cool to hear um, you talking about when you were in the world and you were essentially running from God, you would have those nightmares being plagued, like you're about to die or Jesus is coming back. And then, you know, the last second with the last breath before you die, you try to call out. To him, right. You know, and right. Kind of, you know, kind of, and I don't know if this is because there's so much to my testimony that, um, you know, I don't know if you wanted to even go back even further, but like I've, I've had vision and dreams since I was about it's, as young as I can remember, five and six years old, you know, um, uh, when my mom died, she died when I was 11. My dad wasn't really in the picture after the time I was eight years old. 
uh, he was there on and off, but it became the supernatural realm to me was just so like fascinating, you know? And so the Lord knew that when he came in my heart and my life, like I needed to be delivered. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to come in religion because I thought if I'm really going to stop what I'm doing, getting high and enjoying the high yeah. and I enjoyed the high, I enjoyed the pleasure of it. It's not yeah. like I was one of those people who, Oh, I hate getting high. No, I enjoyed it. You know, it was pleasurable to me, but I thought if I'm going to stop this, I didn't know he could just set me free. Um, but so I was thinking if I stop this, then I definitely don't want to start serving, going to church and being mad all the time and depressed and serving religion. You know, I thought there's no point in that. If I'm going to serve a God, then he's going to have to be a God that is a God of love and of power, you know, and that's, he, he wooed me in because of his love. If it was not his love on the cross and, and how he loves me and his manifested presence, there's no way I could make it as a disciple of Christ. I mean, and to show me how to live by faith. You know, I think a lot of people try to run from living by faith. Once they call in the name of Jesus, they think that everything's just supposed to fall into place. But he told us to live by faith, by hearing him every day and doing what he says every day. That's living by faith. It's not just having the knowledge of the word or going to church Sundays or Wednesdays or having an outreach and doing good deeds. You know, it's really being in a place where you can hear him daily and you're doing what he says daily. That's how Jesus lived in John 5, 19. He always heard the Father and he always done what the Father showed him and what the Father spoke to him. And I believe that's where you tap into the real relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about um, coming off of the drugs and, and, and feeling that euphoria from the Holy Spirit, because it's a tangible presence. It's a high. It's it's the most high, right? When when oh, yeah. whenever you feel the presence of Jesus, for me, that's what kind of uh, got me off of of I say drugs, but I was just smoking weed every day as a teenager. But but that was my escape. And then when I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come in, it was a it was a high, a body high cleaned out your spirit like you felt good you're vibrating buzzing you feel really good talk about how like that plays a part in weaning you off of drugs or like giving up one drug to get like the like the real deal almost mm -hmm. well for me personally I know everybody has different experiences um and you know one thing before I say this I want to say you know it's good to have the manifestation of his presence, even though we're not called to live by it, because some people can think because, well, I don't feel his presence and he must not be with me. Yeah. Or maybe I'm not doing something right. Maybe I'm in sin or, you know, you, you have all these questions. So I kind of want to make that point before I say that, because some people can take it. Yeah. Like, Why is God doing it. that for me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think his, his presence is by default it's going to come when we spend time with him and we keep his commandments, you know, because he said it in John 14, uh, 21, those who love him and keep his commandments, he manifests himself to, um, and, and getting in that intimate place. But for me, it was that I knew Derek, that if he did not touch me, if he did not come, 
I was not going to make it because there was times that, and when I say make it, that means going back to the liquor store. You know, that means going back and having sex and, and doing all the things I was doing, going back and selling some pills and some dope just to make some money, you know? Um, so for me, this is what I would do is number one, I knew I needed to seek him first. Like I knew I had to get up and spend time with him. But then when, even when I didn't, his mercy was so good, but I knew I had to get to church because where my, in our setting, our local church, it's, it's, it's all about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? There's not, it's, it's not dead and it's not full of just religion. And I knew that I knew if I didn't make it, to having fellowship with the brethren and hearing the word and eating of that word, I wasn't going to make it. And then another thing is I would get on my knees and I would worship him until his presence just comes. Like I could worship him right now and his presence would come. And I would say, Lord, if you don't touch me, if you do not keep me, and this was my prayer, Lord, I pray you keep me because if you don't, I'm not going to be able to make it because I didn't have no word in me. You know what I'm saying? The more you grow yeah, and mature yeah, the Lord present. and the more word you have in yeah. you, the more you're sustained by the word because yeah. the word is our helper, our help, but the Holy Spirit's our helper. And so I would just worship him until he manifested. And I remember like when I lived in the projects and, and there, then it was my, I want to say those two years was probably my most, um, the temptation of what I came out of was the most strongest, okay? Um, and so I would smell weed. Like, I could be on my knees, and they're right next door smoking and playing all the music that I used to listen to and partying, and I would just have thoughts, you know, all you got to do is just go knock on the door. And then I thought, you know what, if I do that, and if I sin against the Lord, there's no telling, number one, what I'm going to miss out on from God. Because yep. he said in his word, he's faithful. He's faithful to reward those who diligently yeah. seek him. And that was my favorite scripture, Hebrews 6, 11, Yeah, 6. definitely, definitely. And I said, Lord, I said, you know, if, if I stay here until you manifest, I know I can make it. And then another thing is, I thought, if I go knock on that door. And I don't do what he says. I'm going to be a reproach. And they're going to say that this God doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I had so many people around me that didn't know Jesus, that didn't understand that they knew I was different. But yet I got so much persecution, yeah. like persecution from some of my bestest friends, family members. I was the first Christian uh, in my on my dad's side. And then I was the first real disciple on my mom's side that I know of in my immediate family anyway. Um, and so to me, especially on my dad's side, it was definitely like laying it all down for Jesus because of the persecution that was coming from that. And, and I knew, I, I thought they're watching me. They're wanting me to fall. They're wanting to say that what I have isn't real. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew it was real. But I, I had to get my unrenewed mind, you know, in line with his word to where I could I could keep uh, producing him. Because at the time, I, di I didn't know how to do that. You know, I, I knew how to be bold for Jesus, but I didn't really know how to balance it with love, you yeah. know. 
And so I would just get on my knees until he manifested. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is that really, really helped me. And I saw the freedom in it was when I got set free, it was September the um, 9th of 2005 is when I actually got free from cigarettes. I smoked cigarettes every single day, a pack and a half every day for 12 years. And that was the thing probably for that year that was holding me like, you know, that one thing, it's like, man, if I can just get set free from this, I know I'm going to bust through some stuff. Yeah. So uh, September the 9th, I actually got free. And what I started speaking every day is that Jesus set me free. And I would start telling everybody I was around what he set me free from smoking, uh, cigarettes, weed, alcohol, lust, um, you know, the fear, depression, I just started naming these things off because the more I said it, the more it strengthened me. Like you said, you know, we're set free by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and not living our life unto death. And so I thought, you know, and my pastor would tell me that he said, Tara, Colossians 1, 12 through 14, Jesus set you free. You've got to know that. And really by faith, because that's another thing, living by faith. You speaking that as you living by faith and seeing the manifestation of his power keeping you. And I thought, how am I going to speak something that's the word and actually see it happen? But I did. And I saw it. And every time I went by a liquor store and I would get all these thoughts, I'd say, no, Jesus set me free from this. I would talk to it because it's got a voice. You know, this is talking to you. (laughs) You know, yeah. And I, I would go in Kroger, and uh, matter of fact, just a few years ago, I had thought as as a minister of the gospel, I had I saw this strawberry, uh, I think it was Mike's lemonade or something, <laughs> and strawberry is my favorite. Okay, so I saw this strawberry for the first time in there, and all of a sudden I had these thoughts came to me, and I thought, man, I ain't had thoughts in years. Yeah, and immediately. Derek, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Tara, if you don't speak to it, it's going to speak to you. Yeah. And I took authority over and see a lot of people can say, well, you're, you're just in your own strength. You know, uh, anybody can overcome anything because of their self, um, control. But one thing I could not do, and I did not want to do is, is stop that. You know what I'm saying? Only Jesus could set me free. Yeah. And one thing is, I know I couldn't have got free from depression if it wasn't for the real Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny you say that about the, you know, the uh, smoking weed thing, because when I first gave my life to the Lord in uh, 1998, um, I went and was going to church and filled the Holy Spirit. And I went back to stay with my cousins for the weekend and they you know, smoking weed and drinking and they're passing weed around and I'm in the circle and they know I'm a Christian and stuff, but probably wasn't the best example. You know, I was 14 or whatever. Uh, They're passing the weed around and it's coming to me. And the first time I've, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me was that moment because right before they were going to hand it to me, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, okay, what's better, my presence or that weed? And like the weed was was my place of escape, right? And yeah. so his presence took the place of that. His presence takes me to another place and oh, yeah. makes everything okay. And I got you. I got you. Ooh, let me, let me heal yes, you. you there's nothing. 
so there's much. nothing like his presence. That's the first time I heard him speak to me. That conscious, that still, still small voice. Um, I failed. I, you know, I smoked the weed, but uh, but it was that that thing of of knowing that inner voice and that he does speak to us. And so you learn from your mistakes, and and even with you battling the cigarette addiction for a year, like uh, it's cool because in that whole year you're learning what conviction of the Holy Spirit is. You're learning that he just didn't give up on you and be like, all right, you can be a Christian and still smoke. You're okay. You don't came off of dope. You ain't drinking no more. Keep your cigarettes. But you had this inward mm-hmm. struggle with the Holy Spirit and he wanted to renew every part of you. He wanted all of you, not just a little bit. So that whole year, just developing the little things, man, to, to be able to know what the discernment is and that he went, went, cause those are things on the, on the outside. Like he goes even deeper than just the, the things oh, yeah. people, the weed oh, and, yeah. the oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. So that relationship, that inner sanctification process, man, is, is so beautiful and so intimate. And he knows every, everything about us. Um, also talking about seeing the real deal, like, cause it's very, very powerful. Like I knew Christians coming up and whether I was a little kid, maybe they didn't. And it was always weird, Christian stuff like okay they, that person's a Christian they don't allow TV in their house and you're talking to a little kid watching a lot of TV oh you guys you know I I I I don't it, there's a disconnect there you're like what you don't watch TV mm-hmm. uh that's what raised me essentially is the television you know and uh, and then I'd see other Christians who uh who went to the Southern Baptist Church and there's the pastor screaming and we we went and visited just cuz the people who watched us brought us there and they old people who played the piano and sung out the hymnals and stuff. It's that old time religion, but that was, it wasn't real. It was like a theory or just a a belief system that you line yourself up with and agree with. But um, so when Christianity is talking about, talked about, it's just an idea. Oh yeah. Christian. I believe in Jesus. Oh yeah. Me too. I used to go to this church, but to see somebody walking it in power changes everything because we've seen so many Christians and, and bad representations. Um, but then I met somebody who would lock themselves in the room for two hours every night to read the Bible and, and pray and put on worship music and light candles and spend time with Jesus. And that was mm-hmm. real to them. And it was the real deal. When they came out of that room, stuff happened. When they prayed for people, people got healed. Uh, mm-hmm. when, when people would receive the Holy Spirit, when they laid hands on them and they they never like to receive the glory because we'd all I'd always venerate those people like, hey, pray for me, man, because when you pray, stuff happens. I say, well, you have that same power. But there's a difference when some you can tell when somebody uh, believes God at, at, um, at his word, somebody who has the faith to uh, impart the Holy Spirit unto you or whatever the case is, man. So when you see someone walking in the real deal versus um, religion for the sake of religion, it changes everything. And that's really awesome that the people who showed up were the real deal because it could have been anybody, right? right? The people who showed up for me after that. So I fell in and got into witchcraft really deep and crazy stuff. And I got in the phone book um, some years that was about three, three years later, wanting somebody to pray for me. Started calling all these pastors mm-hmm. and all these churches. And one church called me back. I, I was leaving messages saying, I feel like I'm demon possessed. I think I got a demon in me. I need somebody to pray. One church called me back. This guy ended up like, they were like over uh, assemblies of God, but he, the pastor came to the house to pray with us and bring us to church. They ended up, the guy ended up being a cult leader, like a real deal, like uh, 
sacrificing animals and messing oh, wow. with children and stuff. And they did a whole um, show on it, the show A True Detective uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey and, and uh, Woody Harrelson, I believe. Um, they did a whole show on it based wow. off of the church that I went to. And you could, you know, you, there's no telling who could have showed up, but you just had God sent the right people at the right time who were the real deal uh, to you when you needed them the most. Yeah. So your question, so you're just wanting me to see like, or answer as far as like in my life, just seeing the real, like with other people. Yeah, versus versus the people. Everybody's a, a Christian for the most part, like, you know, especially in this. We in the Bible Belt. I can tell from your accent. I don't know exactly where you're from, but you're you're close enough. So like everybody's a Christian, right? So, but there's a difference when you meet somebody who's truly a disciple. You know, somebody mm-hmm. who's a, who's filled with the Holy Ghost and power, that dunamis power that it talks about receiving the power to work miracles and see signs and wonders if you believe like that's a different type talk a little bit yeah. about okay seeing the real well, deal yeah for me uh seeing the real deal is um um it, it wins my respect um especially like i said when i first came into it anyway uh my respect of knowing that what they claim because i i watched my pastor very closely uh for i mean i, I still watch him but um, very closely <laughs> for years because I thought, man, he, the way he preaches truth, and I say truth, and a lot of people think that they get taught truth, so I need to narrow that down. The way he preaches about Jesus and what Jesus taught, what Jesus said, and what Jesus did on that cross, and, and how the Holy Spirit always backed it up in services and in his life. I saw when he comes out of preaching, uh, and he was the main, and I'm using him because he was the main one that, especially at first, that I seen um, really live it. And what I mean by really live it is the love of God. Um, you know, Jesus said in John thirteen thirty four and 35, he said, a new commandment that I give to you is that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall you know they are my disciples by the way they love each other, right? So I was looking for how did he respond when something was wrong? Because that's how you can really tell. And, and I believe the more as we as disciples, because there's a difference between a believer and a disciple. A disciple is one who adheres to Jesus' teachings and does it, okay, and has the Holy Spirit to enable them and empower them to carry out what Jesus commands us. A believer is somebody who just has the knowledge and believes what Jesus done. You know what I'm saying? But they don't have uh, the love of God teaching them and empower them and loving them. I believe when Jesus commanded, gave us that commandment in John 13, 34, he points us back to how he loves us. You know, the perfect picture of how Jesus or how God loved us is through Jesus on the cross. And so if we look at how he loved us, and think, wow, he forgave me of all my sins. He traded places with me. He loved me so much that he wanted a relationship with me to send his only son 
to die to take all the punishment that I deserve for my sin on that cross so I wouldn't have to get death for what I deserve because I deserved it. I deserved hell, death, all the punishment. I don't care how good of a person you think you are or I was, you know what I'm saying, in my heart, the good good deeds I've done, sorry. So when I, I look at the person, especially starting out, Pastor Scales, I was like, he really – he really loves people like this man don't change like he just you know he forgives forgets he shows he's a pastor but he serves more than anybody I know uh and it really set in my heart a tone in my heart that caused me to really see that everything else I saw before you know was more of a the counterfeit you know this is the real deal And I was like, and he's teaching me the word. And then the word tells me that I can follow people as they follow Christ, you know. And um, and so, Derek, it really, and then I had one other lady. Her name is uh, Minister Deborah. And those two people would call me at my worst and loved me through it. And when nobody else wanted to mess with me. Because, like I said, I came in hard. I was I, I was in gang affiliation and stuff. I was just hard. Like, the person you see now was nothing like I was 13 years ago. And the per- people that knew me starting out, you know, they were churchgoers. Um, and some of them were real disciples. But they didn't really know from the Lord how to love me where I was at. And they loved me where I was at, Pastor Scales and Minister Deborah. And so, um, and, and the thing is, is throughout the years of seeing that where the love that in first Corinthians 13, that talks about it never fails, actually saw it lived out. And it changed me to where if Jesus gave this commandment to the church, then he has given me power to live it out. And I don't have to blame, like, even if my sister or my brother or my because we're all learning how to live this by faith. You know, I have to repent. I might say something that that wasn't Jesus, you know what I'm saying, that wasn't love or say it in a tone that wasn't right. And so the thing is, is seeing through that love, that the humility that you will carry and that I've seen other people carry. And so Jesus said, you're going to know these prophets, these people that call themselves uh, mine by their fruit. And the fruit, if you keep reading on down in that chapter, he's talking about how they love people, you know. And I think that the world has came into a lot of um, the church as a whole. And what I mean by that is, like, what they think love is, they've brought into the church to accept things that God don't even accept, that he even tells the church in Revelation 2 to repent of. You know, so if we really look at love, what love really is, then, of course, we look at the word of God and we have the answers. But you look at the cross and the cross took our sins. But then also when we don't believe on him, according to John 3, when we don't believe on Jesus, we're what we're condemned already because we believe not. So when we believe not, we stay in what we deserve. And so many people end up reaping it. 
And then you, you, you got the side of love where people are, they just put up with things that Jesus took upon himself and then tells us, repent of it. Acts 26, 18, he said, when you turn from the power of darkness to the power of light, when you turn from the power of Satan to the power of God, you receive an inheritance. And if you're receiving something, obviously you didn't have it before. And so you don't even know as an unbeliever or as a churchgoer, um, that hasn't really became a disciple yet, that inheritance, you know, and when you receive that inheritance of eternal life and that love of God, it changes you. And although you fall and although you, you have to repent, you know, um, you, you don't want to live in a way that is grieving the Holy Spirit, grieving the love of God. And so to me, seeing that picture really helped change my thinking and change my life in a way where, although I know that Jesus is supreme, he's the Lord of Lord, King of Kings, and, and God is my God, can't nobody do me like him, um, and he's my ultimate deliverer and peace and joy, uh, seeing somebody else that, that really lived what they preach uh, changed, changed me in a way that um, I know that it brought me in a way of like conviction of, wow, I, I got to come up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And where I, I have no that's, excuse. That's, um, um, attainable too. Like if somebody else is doing it, like you can actually do it too. It makes exactly, it easy. Exactly, yeah. Um, so you um, walking into things of God, you fulfilling your, your, your calling, your ministry, it moves other people to say, hey, I can do this too. I talk about this sense of jealousy, almost like, like, man, you know what? I want what she has. I can do it. It's, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. But it's a good thing. It moves you to kind of want to do better for yourself. And mm-hmm. whether it's financially or spiritually or whatever the case is, like you can do it too, which is, which is a really cool thing. Whenever we are living our authentic selves being who God has called us to be. Um, you talked a little bit about um, having demons casted out. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what do you think uh, it was? How did they get there? What left? Did they try to come back? You know what I'm saying? When, when, whenever the uh, the pastor was praying for you, you felt something leave. You said he prayed three times and you fell down each time and you felt stuff leave. Was there a battle going in in your mind? Was you crying, screaming, gnashing at the teeth? What all was taking place within your psyche when that was going on? Um, yeah, at the time, uh, I mean, I, I was crying, um, you know, I felt it leave. It wasn't a manifestation of demons. I've, I've had manifestations and I can, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Um, but that particular day, I don't know which ones it left. I, I really believe that it, you know, I really believe it was the alcohol. There was an alcohol demon that left. There was definitely a demon of um, of uh, lust, not just lust as in like looking at pornography and stuff, but like all my life, I mean, not all my life, but most of my life growing up from the time I was 11, and really, really I had lust issues before 11, um, but from the time I was 11 years old all the way up until, you know, I was 20, um, I struggled with always like being alone. Like I couldn't stand to be alone and I always had somebody. And the majority of the time, 
and I say this for testimony's sake, um, because I'm not ashamed. I know who God's made me now. I know he's cleaned me up, made me pure. But um, for testimony's sake, I mean, I always had more than one person. You know, uh, even when I felt like I was faithful, um, especially from 11 to 17, 18, um, you know, I moved around a lot. I was in state custody in and out of juvenile detention centers and, and on the street, like I said. And so you can only imagine. Um, and so... I really believe when I got set free that that was one of them that left and the, the alcohol and then the other one, I don't know if it was fear, but there was another one that left. And, and so later on during my walk with the Lord, um, I noticed there was anger that would manifest for a while. Like this demon of anger was, and I would not want to, try to do it like it wasn't something I'll just I'm just going to get mad and throw stuff you know what I'm saying it would manifest and I would literally grind my teeth every time and I didn't even know I was grinding my teeth and every time I would get mad my daughter would say mom what is wrong with you why are you grinding your teeth and she was like you're just doing this and I was like no I'm not she said yes you are and I remember it got to the point of where when I started in my Christian walk, I would get so mad that I didn't want to hurt her. So I would pick up something, throw it against the wall, and or I would just holler at her in a way that wasn't love at all. And um, But I'm telling you, I got so convicted every time, and I would cry. I could cry right now talking about it because I hate it. And I would cry and I would say, Lord, change me. I don't know why I'm doing this. And I just kept reading scriptures and kept worshiping and asking him to deliver me. And um, and so there was times where that, that demon, when it would manifest, it was like the other ones would try to come back and torment me because of the fault that I'd done, the sin that I'd done. And the other ones that would try to come back is you're not worthless. You might as well kill yourself. Cause I was a cutter growing up. I had, I would just, I had one scar left where I would just cut on myself. And I believe God left me that because he really delivered me and set me free. And, uh, but those demons would come back and torment me. Like you're the worst mother ever, ever. You're the worst person. You know, you're, you're not a real Christian. And, and I would just, uh, I would just think to myself, if my daughter, if I didn't have a daughter, I would kill myself. And um, and then I would get on my knees and I would go back to how I did when I got free from drugs and when I needed to stay free. And so I just worship and I said, Lord, you gave me an example in Luke where there was a man that cut on himself. He was naked. He would, he, I mean, he stayed in a cave. You know, he was without no hope. And I have hope now. I have you. I should be seeing your power in this area. And I, I got on my knees and, and I would open it up and I would read that scripture. And I say, now, Lord, I'm expecting you to deliver me like you did that man. And I've done this several times before I saw the manifestation of the deliverance. And, um, and I would tell my pastor, I would confess it or, you know, I didn't really... I didn't really trust a lot of people. So I didn't just tell my business to people. Um, but 
or his wife, you know, I could confide certain things in his wife. And he just told me, said, Tara, he said, you can't make it happen. You're just going to have to keep obeying the Lord. And as you obey, he's going to manifest. John 14, 21, the verse I used before. And so he said, just make sure you repent every time. You don't, you don't, because I wasn't, he knew I wasn't looking forward to it. He knew my fruit. Like, I didn't keep odd against people. I didn't gossip. I didn't carry that spirit around of trying to put others down. You know what I'm saying? And so I remember I was in a service. I was in a, we had a women's fellowship. And the anointing came so strong in that service. And I believe that's why it's so important for disciples of Christ to keep fellowship with one another and in a corporate setting where the anointing, because you never know what God's going to do, you know? And so I was in that service and the anointing came as one of the women was singing and I heard the Holy Spirit. He said, go get on your knees and worship me. So I went up front and I just started worshiping him on my knees. And all of a sudden I felt this demon and I knew it was the demon. I felt, I felt him come. And it was during that time that I had been crying out to the Lord to deliver me. I mean, I would do fasting and praying because I wanted this thing gone. And, it came from the top of my feet, from the from my feet all the way up through my body, and I felt it leave. And when I felt it leave, I just started crying, so thankful. And I knew it was gone, Derek. I can't explain it to you, but I knew it was gone. And I thought, well, the next time I get mad, because there's a there's a you can get mad and sin not the Bible says. So mm-hmm. this was different. This was not just getting mad. This was something rage. I would go through and get in a rage. Yeah, and it would manifest. So I thought, well, next time I get mad or get upset, I'm gonna see is this really gone? Because I don't care how much you say you're set free. Wait till the test comes, then you can see are you really <laughs> free yet? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because a lot of people say that, oh, I'm free, I'm free. Well, wait till the test comes, and then you can see. And because uh, Jesus said, you know, the ones that are they built their house right, when the storms come, they won't be shaken. And so a test came, and uh, of course, that week, I mean, it wasn't no time. And when my daughter said something or done something, because it was usually with her, it's always with the people you're closest to most of the time, you know, or my sister or somebody. And so I just, I just sat there, like, as soon as it happened, I was like, I, I couldn't even respond in anger. And it tripped me out, like, you know, at first, because I thought, wow. I'm not even, I'm not even angry. And the more, and I've seen, especially in the last couple of years, maybe three years, I have seen more when I do, when something normally would just make me mad, I would see um, me just respond. The Holy Spirit say, now listen down in your spirit. Don't respond out of anger. And the more you yield to the Holy Spirit, gratifying the things of God, of the Holy Spirit, and of his love, the more he's going to manifest. And I believe that the more you keep your mind on this world and the things of this world and what you go through and what you don't have, what this person's doing, what you're not doing right, you're keeping your mind even on yourself. It takes you away from being able to gratify the Holy Spirit when tests come. You know what I'm saying? Because your mind's already in a place of carnality and darkness. And so when the test comes, that's your immediate response. And so 
I've seen the more that I meditate on his love on the cross and I meditate on, on things above. And I, I truly, every morning, spend time with him first thing in the morning. It's different. It's different. And I remember my, my daughter telling me, and when she told me, when you have people around you that tell you you're different, then you know you're different. Um, and she said, you know, Mom, she said, you're different. She said, you're, you're not grinding your teeth anymore. You're not. And she didn't know what it was. You know, she's 14 now. But I had to explain to her. And I sat down with her and I repented. And I said, I'm so sorry for all the times that I spoke in anger, that I said things that wasn't right. I threw things. I said, that is not Christianity, Michaela. Because I didn't want her to get the perception of, well, because my mom does this, she does all this good over here. And she ministers that like she could grow up with that and think it's okay. And because it's not. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I started laughing, like I never used to smile. I never used to hardly laugh. And before I even got delivered from the anger devil, and I call it an anger devil, it was a demon. Um, I remember I started laughing, like for the first time in my walk with the Lord, like that week. And I remember her dad saying, wow, you, you have something different about you. And the third time, like he got out of prison. He was in my car riding, and he said, uh, he just kept looking at me. And I told him, I said, stop looking at me like that, because I already know. I said, I, you can forget about it. And he said, no. He said, that's not the reason why I'm looking at you. He said, I just want to tell you that there's something different about you that I've never seen before. And so I believe, you know, when you live by faith and according to the word, you're going to be developed. It's not just all at once. You know, yeah. but I do also know that the more you come to Jesus and the more you let him rule you, because when he said in Matthew 6:33 to seek first his kingdom, that's his rule over us, you know, and his righteousness and all things will be added. You know, when you're seeking first his rule and you're giving him permission from your heart, Lord, I give you permission to rule me to have your way in my life, the more he's going to do that, the more he's going to cultivate you, the more he's going to develop you. And, and, you know, I tell my sisters in the Lord that I help now, I'm like, don't, don't rush through the test. Don't try to change in your yeah. strength because you can't, you yep. know, in first Peter five, five through 11, that's one of my favorites that really helped cultivate me. in when I would carry cares about myself, and about things I couldn't change with myself or my daughter or, or people around me that I really, really love that are still on, on dope. You know what I'm saying? Shooting up, they're still on heroin. Uh, and I've seen them raised from the dead. That's a whole other testimony that God used me in. Um, I couldn't carry the care. And so, but I began to read First Peter 5, 5 through 11, almost every day for a while. And um, one of the keys is that humility. And when you cast your care, it's not saying you're not going to get the care anymore or you're not going to have to be developed. When you cast your care on him, then he begins the process of developing you to grow you through it by the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then he says, once you have suffered a while, then what will he do? He will establish us, you know, strengthen us. And I believe that the, the, the beauty that you see in your growth with him 
responding with him, letting the new nature in you live out through you and, and it, it being truly an intimate relationship like it is between a husband and a wife is where the bride of Christ, then you see that it, it's not only about your works, you know what I'm saying? But it's really about the union and how much he loves you, you know? And, and so, and he's changing me more and more. And, and to me, it's, it's one of the most beautiful things in life is to really be intimate with Jesus and to really love him you know, and there's no way I could love him if he didn't love me first and and to really love him more. And so I just love him. (laughs) I just love him. That's what it comes down to, man. Uh, Beautiful story. Tara, thank you for coming on and hanging out with me. Um, Go ahead and plug some of your links as well, where people can, can follow you. Um, I know you got some Facebook stuff out there. You go live on Facebook all the time sharing with, with people then whenever you're ministering you you go to a lot of different places to minister as well and you go live doing that share out some of the links for people who uh who may want to uh check out some of your work yeah i would just go to uh tara leanne i'm on facebook um and i do do live services especially on sunday nights i don't get to do a lot of live services like when i'm doing outreach or um i, I do outreach i'm actually over the outreach team at Jesus the Answer Church, ordained minister, got ordained a few years ago as an evangelist, so I love to see the lost saved, Um, so if you need to be saved, if you need to be encouraged, be discipled, you know, um, I would go on YouTube, Tara Leanne, everything's under Tara Leanne, Um, I'm with Jesus the Answer Church, they're Pastor Robert Scales, and so um, the teaching, you know, and everything that I teach I teach from the word and you're just going to get the raw uncut word of God. Um, but um, I go in the prisons every single week and, and minister the word of truth. Uh, we, like I said, outreach ministry, uh, very hands on. Um, we see hundreds, if not thousands, most of the time per year come to Christ one on one on the streets of through Middle Tennessee, Lebanon, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, like you said, that you can tell by my accent, um, but that's where I'm from, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm on Instagram. I haven't really um, promoted much of that, but I am on Instagram at Tara Leanne as well, or Extravagant Love. Do you know Angie Duncan? Have you heard of that name? She's from Nashville? I have not. Okay. I had her on the show uh, probably two years ago. Angie Duncan, she uh, was an uh, ex-porn star. And uh, mm-hmm. she's part of. She has a ministry in uh, Nashville, I believe it is. It's in Nashville and Knoxville, but it's uh, Hosea's Heart Ministry. I don't know if you ever heard oh, of that. Oh wow, that's it's awesome! To a lot of uh, uh, prostitutes and stuff like that. People mm-hmm. are doing, you know, what I'm saying street, street. That's beautiful, man. Stuff. That she's so, yeah. helping them. Heck yeah! Um, so if if there's somebody listening and um, and they're going through something and they've tried everything else but Jesus, would you like to pray for them to? See if Jesus would lighten their load or become the help that they need before sure. we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to tell you, you know, it's not by your works that you get saved. And a lot of times I tell people that you don't have to try to change to come to Jesus, to go to church. You know, once you get the real Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, he starts the good work in you. And so I just want to encourage you to call on his name out of a pure and sincere heart. He will manifest. He will meet you. And so I'll just pray with you right now. 
Holy Spirit, I thank you. I ask you to come now, Lord. Anybody under the sound of my voice, Father, I'm asking you that the Holy Spirit will draw them to you, that nobody can come to Jesus itself through the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you for manifesting. I thank you, Lord, that your love is greater than anything that they go through. I thank you, Father, that you have finished the work through Jesus Christ. Lord, just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I truly believe with all my heart that you're the Son of God. And I believe that when you died on the cross, you took all my sins away. And I believe that because of God's great love, when you died for me, you traded places with me. And God's power raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, I repent today of my sins. And I'm turning to believe on you. Come in my heart, Lord, and save me. And change me and give me eternal life. I forgive myself and I forgive every person that's ever hurt me. Lord, from this day forward, I give you my heart to follow you to do God's will. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Beautiful. Awesome. If you guys have uh, prayed that prayer for the first time and come into a relationship with Jesus, send my, send me a message or reach out to Tara online, and uh, we, we would love to hear from you guys. Thanks for coming on hanging out with me. It's been awesome, Tara. Thank you so much, man. I enjoyed it. All right, we'll I really do it again appreciate soon, it. All right. God bless. All right. You too. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Good story, man. Uh, God has a way of um, shedding light in the midst of darkness, no matter how deep or how dark it can be. Um, very similar situations and stuff. And she's talking about like, just because she kind of got into church or came to Jesus or whatever, everything didn't go away. There's still, you know, depression. There's like, uh, you look in that mirror, man, sometimes those fam- those familiar spirits who have been with you your whole life, they they like to talk sometimes and they like to kind of question you and stuff. And when I uh, when I came to Christ and uh, came back to Christ in 2000, you know, I, there was a bunch of stuff that left me, man. I was in like really deep witchcraft and got into some crazy stuff, but a lot of stuff left instantly when I came when I came to him. Uh, but over the time, like over a period of time, some things had to fall off and some stuff was a process and some stuff you had to close the door to. Um, she was talking about that anger, those, those fits of rage and stuff. And so um, I'm really big on fruit. She's talking about judging men by the fruit. So Jesus says to judge men by the fruit. The fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can tell that a person is spending time with God because of the fruit that they produce in their life. And the Bible gives us, gives us an outline of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, but it also gives us what's called the fruit of the flesh. And that's essentially the, the stuff that you produce if you're not walking in the spirit. And some of it is anger, bitterness, jealousy, fits of rage, all of these things. And it's the opposite 
of the fruit of the spirit. Um, and I've been there like as a Christian, as someone who's come out of this tremendous darkness and into the glorious light of Christ, I've had those fits of anger. I've had um, those feelings of just anger rising up within me and punching holes in the wall. And um, I remember trying to wreck me and my wife off the road, you know, um, as a Christian, grabbing a steering wheel and just trying to make it go in a ditch, just crazy stuff. And I had to go through one-on-one personal deliverance where I had to go through and deal with generational curses, um, things that, you know, I did not know was there that were still influencing me. The fact, you know, that I didn't have a father, doors that were still open, things I was entertaining. And even as a Christian, I had to go through these deliverance classes, man, and sessions, and it changed my life. Like it really worked. And after that, like totally different. So it's one thing just to kind of say a prayer and come to God, but you have to deal with, with some of the stuff that's been there since you was a kid. A lot of it leaves instantly. A lot of it does. But um, but there is some some root stuff that comes along, and those demons don't play fair. You know, it's talking about those demons leaving. I've had my battles with uh, my own inner demons, and uh, we still do, right? I think they're sitting here for a reason and for a season to uh, to make us like Jesus, to make us like Christ, so that we all can, you know what I'm saying, come to that knowledge and glory of, of who he is and have his work uh, transform within us. And a lot of people, you know, we talk about it a lot, you know, being thankful for, for the demons and thankful that we went through these experiences and encounters because we wouldn't be the people that we are today without those, those demons. And they're sitting here for a reason. I truly believe that talking about the, the, the lotus flower that is, that, that blooms in the, in the midst of, of mud of, of something that seems nasty and disgusting but the lotus flower blooms in the mud and it's in in those places that where fruit doesn't grow on top of the the mountaintop fruit grows down in the valley so it's so um so powerful to uh to hear the 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 work that god is doing in people's hearts and everybody has their own story everybody's so different and so it's it's beautiful if uh we're coming up I say we're coming up on, if you're listening live, the the 100th episode will be released um, next week. We're episode 100 on the True Seeker podcast. Excited about that. But also, um, if those of you guys who are are listening on the podcast, then you probably have already heard episode 100. It's just the way it kind of comes out. So, yeah, I'm excited. 100 episodes in, man. Talk to some amazing people. So much fruit. I go back and, like, the majority of these shows are good. Like most of the ones, like I, I go back and, and, and listen to interviews that I forgot I did, man. And they're just like gems, man. So, so much knowledge and so much wisdom in some of these episodes and, and, and people's encounters um, that, that they've been through. So um, the Alonzo Pichardo episode, I shared that out yesterday on Facebook, man, that was a powerful episode. Uh, listening to his story and talking about some of the intricate workings, man. Uh, go back and listen to that one if you guys haven't. It's called Mental Alchemy. Um, it's in the in the archives, wherever platform you're listening to this on. It's in the archives. Alonzo Pichardo, Mental Alchemy. That was a good story, man. Um, so many of them. I've talked to some really cool people uh, reflecting on these hundred episodes. You know what? I may do an episode. 
I may do I may do a reflection episode and I probably will um, do an episode where I just look back on each episode and give commentary. I don't know how long that would be if I gave commentary on a hundred episodes. I'm sure I can go through and just uh, maybe just say a few words about each one and just do an overview and uh, maybe point out some of the best ones and and be candid with it, too, and, and tell you the ones that I, you know, that went wrong and where I am now with these people. Some of those episodes, man, I'm not cool with those people anymore. I've had some people who have come on the show and they've, you know, threatened to uh, to sue me. Um, some people have have uh, told their fan base to come come against me. I've gotten death threats from people who are on this uh, on, on the podcast. Yes, I've had art. I've had friends who I thought would come on the show and and then they've done sent death threats out on me. So maybe I'll do an episode now that we're at 100 where I uh, just go and do just a commentary on all of them. man. maybe that would be be cool. Adam's in the chat room. He says, uh, just do a best clips video collection. Yeah, I need help with that, man. I need some people who are Internet savvy who can help me make clips out of some of this stuff, because a lot of people don't have time to listen to a good you know, two hour podcast or an hour and a half podcast. But if it's a four, a four minute clip or three minute clip, they'll listen to it. And some of the clips, you know, on like YouTube and stuff, they get a lot of, it gets a lot more reach than the full episode, you know? So I like to make clips and stuff, but if anybody uh, wants to help me with that, I do need help promoting the podcast, making clips. Chris says, I got lots of time. All right, bro. If you got a computer, let me know. You can even do a lot of this stuff with your phone, man. So I'll, I'll get with you on that. Chris says, I've heard all of them. Chris has heard all the podcasts. That blows me away, too, that people have listened to every podcast coming up on 100 now. You know, people have listened to every one. Every, people have been there with me on this journey. Like from not, maybe not many people from the beginning, but a lot of people who have uh, come back, you know what I'm saying, over, over time. And, they, and they've kind of done the research and listen to all the episodes. So that's really cool. I know Chris is a truck driver too. Shout out to all the truck drivers out there because they consume probably the majority of, of the podcast. Those people who are driving or on their commute to work and stuff. So that's really cool. I want to thank everybody as well just for holding me down over the, the past good year that I've just been going strong now, almost a year probably. And we, we've gained so much leeway, man. There's so many supporters, people coming out the woodwork. Um, being consistent, you know what I'm saying? Creating community, friends. There's these names when you guys are commenting in the chat. I love to see y'all's names pop up. I consider you guys family and consider you guys friends. So uh, thank you guys for holding me down. Um, tonight, for you guys listening listening live, I have to, that, there's that disconnect of when this comes out live and then when it comes out on the podcast end. But Thursday nights, tonight today's thursday we're doing a school of the mystics make sure you guys join that that has been really good um learning how to prophesy learning how to hear the voice of the holy spirit in our own lives and then speak it out for for others as well so good man i'm enjoying that so much um uh, mamosti arise i know i butchered that name but says uh it's important for people to share their stories no matter where they lead thanks yep Exactly. That's why I told us that I'm not afraid of your story. You know what? I have people who won't come on the podcast. A lot of Christians um, who won't come on the show because one dude said uh, he didn't want to talk about the Illuminati. 
I'm like, me neither. <laughs> we'll talk about the Illuminati. So, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, I don't talk about the Illuminati that much at all. You know, I'm, I, you have any revelation, we are the Illumina- Illuminati, the true illuminated ones with the light of Christ going out into the world, illuminating the darkness. But, uh, yeah, some people, they they stay f- far away from me. Um, but for good reason, because if uh, they, you know, they come on this show, then they, their fan base and their audience thinks they're co-signing, you know what I'm saying? Co-signing my work. And, uh, you know, it's so funny that even that a lot of people who don't, who see us, you know, doing this stuff and then they, uh, their fan base follows. And I've had personal talks with Christians about that. I, I talked to seven, you know, I interviewed seven and a lot of his fan base, uh, checks me out and then they go back to him with questions or whatever from watching this show. And, um, but I think the disclaimers at the beginning, this isn't a Christian show, you know, it's not a Christian show. It's just, uh, we talk to everyone. So Luke trying to get to some of these questions here. The phone lines are open too. Um, we haven't had calls in a while, but the phone lines are open. Um, big boy or uh, yeah, big boy 717 says, is, is it going to be live on YouTube? The school of the mystics, uh, school of the mystics, uh, to get access is for patrons. It's just, uh, it's, it's not going to be live. It's, uh, it's a, it's one of the perks of, of, of supporting w- what I'm doing here. Um, even if you can only afford a dollar, a dollar gets you access to that. But, uh, no, it's going to be on a private thing. Um, school of the mystics. So you sign up, you'll get an email alert when we go live and you can watch it on your phone or you can uh, do it from your home computer it's really good i'm enjoying it lane's world you have a great show man keep it up brother you encourage us all much love thank you so much house dog what up derek much love from ohio much love uh danny my brother danny says jesus said in the book of revelation i will give you the morning star oh yeah lucifer is a title man you you mentioned lucifer being uh the you know i guess the Illuminati or the light bearer, you know, it's a title. You know, I threw people off in a song and I may throw some of you guys off when I talk about how we are the true Illuminati or we are the true Luciferians. That word means light bringer. It doesn't mean one who worships Lucifer. Lucifer is not in, it's not a deity. Lucifer is a title, the bright and morning star, one who brings light, the light bearer. I bear the light. I don't know about you guys. I hope you do. You should bear the light. So when we're talking about the definition of the word, yeah, that's what it is. We're the true Illuminati. We are the true light bearers. The early Christians were called the illuminated ones. There's so many uh, scriptures about being illuminated with the light of Christ. It's funny. Uh, let me read through here some more. Lane says, I have to I have to get into the archives. There's some good shows on there, man. Like I said, I'm going to do an overview podcast where I just give commentary because there's some gems, man, from people you guys have never heard of. They don't I mean, obviously the big names get, get all the views, the Jordan Maxwell's, the Santos Bonacci's, the sevens, like those guys get a lot of views on the podcast, but sometimes, man, it's from the little no name guys, Chris bars, the homie in chat right now. That was a powerful episode. The Dano episode, like there's some good stuff. Um, Lane says, which podcast app works with your show? All of them do. Um, and if you go to the website, uh, just go to truestigger.com. There'll be a pop-up that comes once you click one of the episodes. And uh, it says subscribe on uh, Android or subscribe on iTunes. 
and uh, it'll it'll suggest um, podcast apps for you on your phone, whichever you have. But if you have an iPhone, obviously the um, the iPhone uh, it actually comes with an like an iTunes app. So somebody says people get lost people get lost in the title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think one of the better ones may be uh, Podomatic is one. Stitcher. Some people listen. A lot of people listen on um, what is it? Stitcher and then um, Spotify. I'm also on SoundCloud. I'm on all of them, but it's just whatever ones you like. Like whatever you like best. All of them are cool, I guess. Not all of them. Some of them like will automatically start playing random, random other podcasts. That's one thing about Stitcher. I, w- I was listening to Stitcher for a while, and then a different podcast will come on that I'm not subscribed to. I didn't really like that. I'd rather you play the next episode or the previous episode. All right, let's go through some more. Lane says, I watch on YouTube. Yeah, obviously I like the YouTube because uh, I put a lot of work into the aesthetic, the lighting, you know what I'm saying? All uh, the images, the scene transitions, intros, all that kind of stuff. So YouTube looks cool, but definitely subscribe on a podcast end as well. That's where the stats really count and matter. Um, and then so uh, Mar Mar knows. I know I'm saying I'm just gonna say a rise says, "Yep, it's what we do with the info that matters." Many concepts have been redirected, and the power is in taking them back. Yep, exactly. Every everything has been stolen. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun. Everything's borrowed. Even the stuff in Christianity and like the Hebrews and stuff, they borrowed a lot of that stuff from the Egyptians and from the from the uh, Sumerians and Phoenicians and stuff. Like they took their the way they built their their temples and structures and stuff came from the other nations. You know, the way they built the Ark of the Covenant and the way that looks, that was taken from Egypt, man. Like all of this stuff. So it's about the spirit of it, taking it back and seeing what it really means. Adam says, what I find it interesting is that the Bible tries to to let us hate Lucifer. The Bible tries to let us hate the light. So much symbolism in the Bible. I wouldn't say that the Bible teaches that. I think that's just like a preconceived notion from um, what teachers have told us for years. They've told us that Lucifer was the devil be afraid of the devil, the light bringer who brings the false light of whatever the enemy of God. But when it's taught, Lucifer's only mentioned one time in the Bible. That's the thing. That word is only mentioned once. And when it's mentioned, it's not talking about an entity. It's a title talking about the King of Babylon that would fall like the bright and morning star, which is Venus. It's Venus, which is the brightest star or planet essentially in the morning sky and in, in, in the morning sky right before the sun rises. And what happens when the sun rises, Venus is cast out of heaven and the sun rises to take its glory in its in its rightful place. Yep. Isaiah 14, Danny, he posts on there. Cool. The one I use is Podbean. I think Podbean is cool. Yeah. And you're not on it. I'll get, so- I'm not on Podbean. Really? I think I am. Yeah, I think I am. Look again. I think I am. All right, Christy. Hey, Christy. She's Christy Folks says, uh, just wondering, brother, not judging, just asking, were you baptized under Matthew 29 or Acts? <laughs> I'm assuming you, you're just you're talking about um, in the name of Jesus or 
in uh or you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um <laughs> I think it was I think it was probably all of them. I, I try to cover all of them. When I when I do baptisms, I uh I say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, or in the name of Yeshua Mashiach, or Yeshaya Benahaya, you know what I'm saying? One of the many beautiful Hebrew names uh, uh, for Jesus. So I try to use them all. Not not have to cover them all, you know what I'm saying? Um, blaspheme the Holy Spirit opinions. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is, is deep. I mean, because it's talking about, you would think that... Um, Jumping back to Christy, I know I'm jumping up. So Christy says the name, not the titles. Yeah. So the name is. So the name there, Christy, the, the name isn't the pronunciation or Jesus. That's not his name. His name's not Jesus. Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshaya, Yahweh. Like there's a bunch of different debates on the name, but the name is the character, the character in the likeness. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not talking about getting the pronunciation right. As people always say, when you say Jesus, you're calling on Zeus, all of these things, right? It's not about the name. It's about the character, the character that they bring, because that's what a name is, especially in Hebrew tra tradition. They were named after feelings and emotions and concepts. Michael, Michael, El is God. When you look at the Els, Raphael, Uriel, um, Elohim, El of God. So it's like God has smiled upon me. God is my salvation. Emmanuel, God is with us. So it's it's all all of this 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 embodiment is the name is the the character. God has many names. He is a Haya Bahashem Yeshaya in the Hebrew, which means I am that I am, and I will be whatsoever I will be. It's very powerful. He's essentially saying I'll I'll be whatever you need me to be. I'm everything. You looking at the plants outside? I'm in them. You're looking at your neighbor, I'm in him. You're looking at your trials and tribulations, I'm in that. You're looking at the demons, I'm in that. I'm in all of it. And so when you really come to that, rev that, that revelation and understanding, it gets a lot more interesting because you're not like saying, okay, God is here or God is there or God is in the air. No, he is, he is all. He creates the good and evil. We don't just, like, it's not just all the good stuff, man. He's in it all. And that, that's the beauty of being able to see God in all. We don't know what his name was. That's what someone's it's in the book says. Okay, so going back to the blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit is essentially um, get, uh, calling. It's the unpardonable sin is what it says. But it uh, it's giving Satan credit for the work that God's doing. A lot of people turn that around, and they'll say it. And so a lot of church people will say. They mean it that way, but they they give God credit for the work that Satan has done. There's a difference. This is what many church people do now. So they may say they may see a healing take place on the street. There's a lot of people who do Reiki. They have they don't use the name Jesus. They're not Christians. They're Reiki healers. They're healing people. People are getting healed through the through that power. And they say, well, you know, the devil healed them. The devil healed that person. This is what they say. Because they didn't say in Jesus name. I have friends who are Reiki practitioners and healings, who, healers, and they're Christians, but they don't use the terminology and lingo that we can use if we want to. Um, and so there's a form of it where they give 
Satan the glory for the work that God has done. If any anything good comes from above, so if somebody's healed, that's a good thing, right? Um, that's how most people in the church realm would 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 call it. But for uh, for in the scriptural under uh, scriptural reference, it's some it's somebody. It's the same thing. Jesus healing people, casting out demons, even giving reference to Solomon in that whole chapter, um, Matthew twelve, uh, Matthew chapter twelve, and then also going through fourteen a little bit. Um, it's given the devil glory for the work that God has done. So Jesus cast out demons and they said, Oh, you only, only way you did that is because you're a demon too. You, you know, and I've heard people say that kind of stuff. It's insane, but uh, it's essentially what it's talking about. This is Jesus himself performing miracles and casting out demons. And they said the only, he did it by the power of Beelzebub, Beelzebub, which is the prince of demons or giving the devil credit, whatever you want to say, which that's two different entities. So, Adam says, yes, it's all about the L's. Christy says, oh, my God, never heard it explained like this before. Adam says, the church makes people think that Lucifer is the devil and the Bible is misunderstood and translated incorrectly. Definitely. I don't know. if. Well, I guess it's the Bible. I guess it's mistranslated. You have to you have to break down the Greek and Hebrew, man, to see who's being talked about. You know, even when the word God is being used, like you have to you have to look that stuff up and it, it. it is simplistic. You can read it and just get the exoteric, very outer court stuff you need for the day out of it. And there's that realm. But when you're trying to get a fullness of an understanding of what everything's talking about, you really do have to go to the Greek and Hebrew. I mean, it uses the word God over and over and over and over again. Like God, it uses God for talking about angels, Yahweh, um, demons. It's all types of stuff. Multiple gods. You have to break it down and see what they're talking about. It uses one word in the English, but you don't know how to translate it unless you go back to the Greek and Hebrew. It's really interesting. Um, Let's see what we got here. The power of 13. Lord of Lords is meaning the Lord of Flies. You have the word Lord as well. That's just a title, you know. When you we would call God Lord or pray to the Lord or whatever, it's a title as well. But it's the title of your it's a title in your life. It's the title that that you give him. Many people know him as Savior, but they don't know him as Lord, right? Uh, Christina says, "I guess I never understood Lucifer, the word or the name." Yeah, go back and read it, and even get you a dictionary. Here's how you get the understanding: get you a dictionary and look up the word Lucifer, or look up the word Venus. They're interchangeable because the word Lucifer is a reference to Venus, the light bearer, the bright and morning star. What is the bright and morning star? Like literally, if you're out, these are a bunch of stargazers, guys. These guys were into astrology. It's not bad. They're into astrotheology. It's not bad. They say it's written, the whole thing is written off of astrotheology. Yeah, because it's telling his story. It's telling Jesus a story played out in the stars. Why do you think the stargazers were the first ones to show up at the at the uh, the birth of Jesus? The stargazers showed up with gifts because they followed the stars to his birth. They read his story written out in the stars from the beginning. It's telling his story. So yeah, when I entertain astrotheology, that's why, because it's talking about him. 
some people they they get it twisted, you know. The Bible is all astro theology. Yeah. It's telling his story. So yeah, let's see here. That's about it. Yeah, do the do the knowledge. It's all, you know, it's astrology 101. Um just look up the words and because everything's titles. You know, even even Emmanuel, God with us, like it's all it's titles. All right, Danny says, if you look at Exodus, it's a symbolic story of God, I am, bringing us out of Egypt, sin, and the Pharaoh, the devil, and the new land, which is Christ. We are his, this temple. Yep, 100%. I, I remember when I came to that revelation without <laughs> without um, uh, nobody telling me that, you know what I'm saying, where you're just reading, and and the Holy Spirit tells you, you know, tells you, hey, this is you. I'm like, what? You're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, reading the Bible, and he tells you who the interpretations are as you're reading it. And it just blows your it blows your mind, bro. Blows your mind to understand that the allegory behind it and that it, we're not reading about the prince of Egypt. We're not reading about Pharaoh and blah, 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 blah. We're reading about us. We're reading our story, not his story, but our story. It's written of in those scriptures, in those words, telling our story. Now, where that where that story starts, maybe that's debatable. Maybe it starts at birth. Maybe it starts after a awakening, because you have to be awake to interpret it. You really do. L read First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter two. It says that the carnal mind cannot understand the scriptures. That you have to be awakened, illuminated to the light of Christ to even understand it. Y'all letting these people interpretate the scriptures to y'all who are not awakened who have no idea what the hell Jesus is. They laugh and scoff at the concept of being born again, and you're letting them break the scriptures down to you. Be careful, guys. It's talking about you. Looking at myself and watching the word come to life. Yep. it's <laughs> awesome, bro. Danny says, yep, read Psalm 78. It says all the stories of Exodus and the whole Wilderness were parables and riddles that their fathers told them. I'm going to look that up while we're on the podcast because I don't know that scripture uh, by heart. But you say, if you know the exact um, um, verse, let me know. So I'm going to look it up because I know um, it says it in. Um, I'd like to know if that's in there because I haven't read that. What did you say? Wilderness. Because it actually is in Ephesians or, or Galatians, I, I believe it is. Okay. Wow. Let's see. Psalm, Psalm 88. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch of com uh, commentary on it, but I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm trying to find. And this is, I know this makes for bad listening. Bad. <laughs> Dead air. All right, Psalm 78. We're learning, people. I'm learning. It just says that right there in the beginning of the verse. Okay, we go to the King James. Okay, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. It's exactly what they are. 
dark sayings are riddles. And I'm sure that I'm sure you read that in another version. It actually says riddles, right? Um, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us we will not hide them from their children showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and the wonderful works that he has done. But yeah. So Danny says, yep, I guess he read it in another version. Let me read it in the NIV if I can find it fast enough without doing a bad show. My people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things from the things of old, things we have not known. Okay. A lot of different words. I'm pretty sure riddles in there because that's what, that's what dark sayings are there. I mean, that's how Jesus taught. Jesus taught in parables. And it how did he, he learn it from the parables? Um, so that's a good one, man. I thank you for showing me that because I, I never even knew that one. There's one. Um, let me see. I think, I think it's in Galatians. Um, this is funny. Okay, I'm going to... Maybe, maybe Ephesians? Because I don't know exactly where it is. Um, you know what? Let me just pull up my Bible um, software. It'd probably be a lot faster than Googling it. All types of stuff on Google popping up. So I want to find this scripture just for um, you guys listening. So that was a good one. Psalm 78, speaking about allegories in the Bible, being a riddle and being about you, things like that. So um, Galatians 4.24, this is it. Um, Here we go. I'm going to start at 19, I guess. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you now and change my voice. For I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondmaid, other by the free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by the promise, which is the spirit, right? Two covenants, old covenant and the new. Uh, 24, which things are an allegory? Which things are an allegory? Um, for these things are two covenants, one from the Mount Sinai, one which gendereth the bond and which is agar so it's speaking about these these things represented something there's a saying that it is the the old testament is the new testament sealed and the new is the old revealed unto you so you get a lot of the hidden meanings in the new testament that you don't get uh in like a written format while you're reading them now i'm going to try to see what this this hebrew uh um concordance says about the word allegory here. All right. It just says allegory. It comes from a word that means, uh, eh, it doesn't. Let's see. Okay. So it doesn't really go into a lot of, it's probably a Latin word though, honestly, especially because it's in the new Testament. I have to look up the Latin word, but yeah, it's an allegory. It's not telling his story. It's not talking about King David and King Saul fighting and all of this kind of stuff. 
It's not about you fighting your King Saul that lives in you and lives in your mind and, and of these idols and these golden calves that you have to uh, uh, turn your nose to. And, and remember, like, like this episode, Tara, uh, Tara was talking about wanting to go back to her cigarette addiction. Like that's her golden calf, the alcohol that calls out to her. That's the other nations that are encamping around you, trying to get you to slip, trying to cut your head off. That's who that is. That's these different things in our lives as we, as we read the scriptures. And if you break down their names, we're talking about the names and breaking them down. Break down the names of the other nations that were coming against the children of Israel. Break down their names, and you'll find out that their names are about are names of like strongholds and principalities, and they represent like doubt and fear and unbelief in your life. Come on, guys. We're not taught this stuff, but this is 100% it, and once you approach it from that, that level. It's not to say that it didn't exist. I, I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, I can't say that it didn't, but I know that the way it's written in code and in allegory, that the word in Scripture is sharper than any two-edged sword uh, that is able to div- divide between the bone and the marrow and the tendons and the, and the really deep issues of the heart. As you re- read those Scriptures, you're beholding uh, as a man looking into the mirror, you're reading about yourself. It's very powerful. Is is the the word is alive? Those scriptures are are, are alive. They're definitely uh, God inspired and God breathed. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. Um, don't let anybody talk you out of that. It's powerful. With that being said, I hope y'all got something out of this episode. I really enjoyed speaking with her. I love um, hearing her story and how she's uh, following her truth and she's following Christ and making he's making all things new in her life and she's being able to be sent back to the same people that she came from you know the people who are struggling with addiction and people who are in that that, that type of lifestyle she's going back to those people she didn't just forget about them she goes back to them with the light of christ so yeah um so erg says we're gonna see you and the better half stream games again um we Maybe on my daughter's channel, my, my daughter's getting on me to, to help her with her channel a little bit. We may do some contests or some fun stuff. I got a 13-year-old daughter who loves that kind of stuff, so we'll probably do some stuff there. I may let you guys know. I may not. I may have to find it on your own. <laughs> um, I'm new. Do you have a radio show? Yes, this is a radio show. Um, if you look in the description, there's two links there. If you have an iPhone or if you have an Android, those are the links to subscribe to the podcast. There you can browse the entire archive. So, yeah, 100 episodes in, guys. Thank you again for all the support, and it really means a lot. I, I, I literally could not be doing this, having this discussion with you guys um, if, I, if you didn't support me. And so the, the fact that you guys do lets me know how important it is to you, as well as all of the inbox messages I, I get from people who are being impacted all over the world. Um, so if you don't know, Know that it's going to a good cause. Whatever you get out of this, you're not alone. I I, I need to. I don't want to. I do want to brag. Not on. I don't brag upon myself, but I do brag that that people who on all around the world are being touched, and that people are are sending me letters of of appreciation. Um, I couldn't do this without you guys. Like I would be. I, I wouldn't have the time. I'd have to be out you know, doing what I was doing to, to try to make a living. But you guys enable me to do this full time. 
do this and my music and everything I'm bringing to the table, School of the Mystics tonight. I couldn't do School of the Mystics if I was working like 14-hour days. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, man. Thank you, guys. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. 100 episodes in. Thank you for the support. Um, those of you of you who want to support, the best way to support the work and get the most effort and everything we're involved in is uh, through Patreon. Patreon.com backslash TrueSeeker. At any level of giving, man, it helps. It goes a long way. A couple other ways to give. I have merch. If you go to TrueSeeker.com, there's some T-shirts there. You can actually buy physical CDs. Um, there you, uh, there's a donation button there. Um, I have, I have, uh, some recommended books that everybody, I get messages all the time. People, Hey, what books should I read? It's funny too. Cause Chris Barr is my good friend. He's in the chat now. Um, he's, he's actually reading those books and I get to see him, those books at, at, uh, work in his life and blowing his mind, changing his life. Awesome. Maybe we'll do an episode where he just talks about it. We just reflect on each book. But it's really cool. There's some books that have um, influenced me. But if you want those books as well, uh, trueseeker.com, go down to the bottom. It'll say uh, suggested reading. And uh, you can get the physical books or you can sign up and listen and listen to the audio versions of those books um, as well. So uh, head on over to audibletrial.com backslash truthseeker audibletrial.com backslash true seeker. And they support the show. I do get a kickback when you guys sign up um, and it doesn't cost you anything. You have, you have to put in a credit card, but you can, after that month, you can cancel. Uh, you don't, you're not, won't even be charged. So it, but they do take your info. You can cancel it. You still get your free month, just like Spotify. You can, <laughs> you can get Spotify for free. Just use different accounts every time. Hey, I didn't tell you guys that, but, uh, um, yeah, they they do give a generous kickback. So Christy said, I just downloaded the call. Yeah, make sure you read the final quest first, though. Make sure you, you read them in order. So the call, um, Christy and Chris, Chris Bars, were, were chatting in the comment section earlier and uh, told her about uh, some of the books, talked about the books that I referred to. And uh, so, so if you guys want to check them out, head on over to... Um, well, so some of the books to check out would be The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. And that's what she's talking about. The Call is a series. Amazing book. Amazing book. The, the Final Quest by Rick Joyner. Um, that was a foundational book for me. And another one is The Alchemist. You can check those books out and listen to them for free by uh, going to audibletrial.com backslash truthseeker. And um, Christy says she signed up 20 minutes ago. So thank you, Christy. I appreciate that. Um, I get a lot of feedback from that. A lot of people are, are using Audible. Audible is really, really cool. Um, listening to audiobooks and uh, let's see. Wow. Yep. I had two people sign up. Awesome. Yeah, they give really good kickbacks. Some like a lot. Some affiliate stuff they give you just pennies. Audible's good. Audible's good to you. Trust me. Um, thank you guys for that. AudibleTrial.com backslash TrueSeeker. You want to support? You don't have any money? That's a good way to go there and sign up. Get you a book and um, yeah, share this episode. If uh, you think somebody will get something out of it, make sure you do that. I love you guys and I'll see you tonight over at the School of the Mystics, truthseeker.com. Just scroll down. You'll see it says School of the Mystics. Join me there. You'll get an uh, email when it's time to join, 7 p.m. Central every Thursday. With that, I'm going to say God bless and shalom and I love each and every one of you guys. We'll do it again soon. Peace, peace.